Garcia. Good morning. Good morning and welcome, Calvin and Julie. Hi. Hello. Hi, Jose. Hello. So glad you're here. Shannon, Cheryl, Dennis, Good morning, Marcia. Brenda, welcome. Hi, Tom. Morning, Lee. Kathy and Barry. Hey. Hey. Oh, hey, I like uh, Jose's shirt. Nancy. Nathan, John. Hi, 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 H
we acknowledge that the land we gather on as a congregation, where we live, work, and play, was not freely given to us. We are gathered on the ancestral land of the Nuchu or Ute, Apache, the Pueblos, Hopi, Zuni, and Diné nations. This was also a site of trade, gathering, and healing for other native tribes. We recognize the indigenous peoples as original stewards of this land. As these words are spoken and heard, the ties nations have to their ancestral homelands are renewed and reaffirmed. We acknowledge that our use of and benefit from this land came at a dire cost to native nations and peoples whose land we now inhabit. I am Katie Kandarian Morris, Minister of the Unitarian Universalist Fellowship of Durango. I'm so grateful to be creating community with this congregation full of beautiful, caring, and justice-making people. In these tender times of living through trauma while acting to build a more just world, it is a balm being together, responding to the world's heartache with our liberal religious values. As Unitarian Universalists, we celebrate our radical roots and history as self-motivated spiritual people who think for ourselves and recognize that personal experience influences our beliefs more than anything. We gather in a spirit of covenant. Now, won't you join me in an attitude of prayer? Spirit of life, God of many names and none at all, may we hold our hearts open, holding hope for healing and restitution, for willingness to make reparations, to make love where hate has been made, but holding healthy boundaries of self-worth and care. Spirit of life, God of many names and none at all, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all souls are created equal and that we need each other's help to prove that to the world. Let us hold silence for a moment. May it be so. Amen. Ashe. Amen. Blessed be. few more minutes, we'll sing that whole song together to remind each other to breathe in peace and to breathe out love. I'm so glad that it repeats and repeats so that it becomes an earworm. I need it. 
I breathe all the time, as I'm certain you do, and I'm explicitly reminded to do so during meditation and yoga, but I've also noticed that I take involuntary big breaths, catching up where I've forgotten to breathe when I'm in stress. It's happened a number of times this long week. Like our humming last Sunday here in worship that I thought sounded and felt really great. That's somatic. That humming is body work intended to shift our experience of trauma. I'm not a somatic healer, but I'm experienced in the longtime practice of worship and believe that to simply bring yourself to community, to be willing to join engage and repeat the various practices can offer healing and growth. It can offer hope and courage because we're never finished. Even after there are 270 electors, even when there's celebration and you take the little reaction button and press the celebration. Earlier this week, a child I heard of complained to their mother, Mom, when is this map show going to be over? Because it was long and it just went on and on. Politics might feel like it's separate from us, but as the activities of our governance structure, ours being a democracy, it involves us inherently. As Unitarian Universalists, it is fundamental to our religious way of being, historically believing that people should be a part of their own decision-making, trusting in the individual conscience and a cultivation of that conscience. Cultivation meaning we're growing and learning and striving and healing. And what does it mean to be a people of healing? with all of these issues that we're facing. What's next? Wait, more? Yet, as I've examined sources to speak to you today, I find the same themes repeated, those of desire for shared values, for civility, for vulnerability. Today, we might be experiencing a huge sense of relief. Look at the candles behind me. Many of them uh, included that. If only that relief is only for a moment. This time we find ourselves in brings anxiety, tension, anger, frustration, and sometimes immobilization. I remember years ago when my clergy colleagues in the Bay lined up to hold hands all the way across the Golden Gate Bridge. We were hurting and wanted to make a public statement, a religious one, against a charge to war following a terrorist attack on our country. I've been thinking about that act, maybe because it was religious people making an ethical, moral, and political declaration, or maybe because it was an embodied action, different from a march, clergy who had donned our vestments, stretching arms, 
taking each other's hands that long way. Like prayer, I'm not sure the action changed someone else, although it did make it to the front page of the Chronicle. But more importantly, it changed me. I felt connected and larger. I felt extreme gladness that there were enough clergy railing against a needless war, so many religious leaders of all kinds and faiths that we stretched all the way across that massive orange bridge. And we do have enough. We already have all that we need. We are ready and we show up. Maybe that can help us remember what it means to be a people of healing. We've got what we need. At the conclusion of her book, The Twilight of Democracy, historian Anne Applebaum offers some comfort. She says, to some, the precariousness of the current moment seems frightening. And remember, she wrote this uh, before the election, and yet this is still the time in which we live. The current moment seems frightening. And yet the, this uncertainty has always been there, she says. The liberalism of John Stuart Mill, Thomas Jefferson, and Vaclav Havel never promised anything permanent. The checks and balances of Western constitutional democracies never guaranteed stability. Liberal democracies always demanded things from citizens, participation, argument, effort, struggle. They always required some tolerance for cacophony and chaos, as well as some willingness to push back at the people who create cacophony and chaos. Quaker activist and writer Parker Palmer tells a story about Abraham Lincoln in his book, Healing the Heart of Democracy. He addresses Lincoln's depressive tendencies, what was then called melancholy, and how Lincoln learned to hold the political tension, the divisions and contradictions with compassion. Lincoln teaches us today about opening our hearts to each other, no matter how deep our differences. Remember the words with malice toward none, charity for all. Parker Palmer calls this the ability to hold the tensions of democracy, what he calls the politics of the brokenhearted. It requires a maturity, an ability to stay vulnerable and open longer then we might feel comfortable. In order to build and develop empathy and compassion. Religion allows places for this kind of development. Palmer gives us an example of a broken open heart in a Hasidic tale. A disciple asked the Rebbe, why does Torah tell us to place these words upon your hearts, 
Why does it not tell us to place these holy words in our hearts? The Rebbe answers, It is because as we are, our hearts are closed, and we cannot place the holy words in our hearts. So we place them on top of our hearts, and there they stay until one day the heart breaks and the words fall in. When the heart is supple, says Palmer, it can be broken open into a greater capacity to hold our own and the world's pain. It happens every day when we hold our suffering in a way that opens us to greater compassion. Heartbreak becomes a source of healing, deepening our empathy for others who suffer and extending our ability to reach out to them. I've been feeling that deep pressure in my chest, my heart heavy, like the words of the Torah are resting on it. Even small things have felt extremely difficult, simply doing the dishes. So here is where I can take the spiritual practices that I have and deepen into them. I recommend the same. And if you don't have a spiritual practice, adopt one. And don't worry if you don't know how to do it or if it doesn't seem spiritual enough. The point is to deepen into this time, this time where paying attention to your own pain and that of others is the best gift we can give to heal democracy. A spiritual practice I've taken on, I'm going to share it with you right now reading aloud picture books. I will demonstrate just a couple pages. I know we've already had our story, but I'm going to demonstrate for you right here. This one is especially good because it's big. It's called Of Thee I Sing, a letter to my daughters by Barack Obama and illustrated by Lauren Long. Have I told you that you are a healer? Sitting Bull was a Sioux medicine man who healed broken hearts and broken promises. It is fine that we are different, he said. For peace, it is not necessary for eagles to be crows. Though he was put in prison, his spirit soared free on the plains and his wisdom touched the generations. Have I told you that you are part of a family? A man named Abraham Lincoln knew that all of America should work together. He he kept our nation one and promised freedom to enslaved sisters and brothers. This man of the people, simple and plain, asked more of our country that we behave as kin. Have I told you to be proud to be an American? Our first president, George Washington, believed in liberty and justice for all. His barefoot soldiers crossed wintry wintry rivers, forging ever on. He helped make an idea into a new country, strong and true, a country of principles, 
a country of citizens. Have I told you that America is made up of people of every kind? Remember this wisdom. Our UUA president, the Reverend Susan Frederick Gray, abides with us when she says, the truth I know is that hope is found in the struggle. My community, my spiritual practices, prophetic leaders from our history, the balcony view, an ultimate reality, all remind me of these self-evident truths. Imagine right now Gandhi putting his hand on our shoulder and saying, when I despair, I remember that all through history, the way of truth and love has always won. There have been tyrants and murderers, and for a time, Gandhi said, they seem invincible, but in the end, they always fall. Think of it, always. May you hold these truths with open hearts. I love you. May it be so. Amen. Ashe. Blessed be.